this is Stacey Hillier and you are listening to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. We are back with a brand new episode as we continue to look at a touchstone prophetic word spoken over the year 2023 by Prophet Jeremiah Johnson. And today we're going to discuss the topic of true shepherds. We're going to look at what the Bible says as well as what is being highlighted from this word of Jeremiah Johnson. And I'm so excited that we're talking about this topic And today I have the privilege of introducing a very special guest. When I saw this topic and read this word, there was one man I knew that we needed to talk to because he is a man of kindness, patience, grace, so much wisdom and tremendous experience. He truly is a true shepherd and that is Pastor Len Turner. So welcome for the first time to the podcast, Len. Thank you so much, Stacey. It's a real delight to be with you and a joy to be part of this. Well, I can't wait for our listeners to get to know you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are as a person and maybe some of what you've been part of in ministry? Sure. I suppose, first of all, I'd want to say that I'm a servant of Jesus. That's the that's yeah. the thing that defines me and that's the thing that identifies me. And mm-hmm. so I, I happily sit in that space. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, uh, I'm a dad, I'm a, I'm a grandfather, I'm a mm-hmm. dad of two kids and a grandfather of five. And yep. uh, that's an exciting thing. In terms of, of ministry, I was saved in 1978. And I won't go into the testimony, but it was really just a work of God uh, on mm-hmm. my life and that brought me to himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, um, went into training in ministry is in the Salvation Army I came to Christ and I went into the training college of the Salvation Army to prepare for ministry and uh, after graduation and ordination entered into ministry and that's over 40 years ago and had uh, 20 years of congregational ministry and around about 20 years of kind of background servicing the, the front line basically mm-hmm. uh, things of things of the nature of uh, I was an assistant training principal at our training college for a season I was working with recruiting uh, people for ministry and mm-hmm. then servicing the front line ministers and helping them to you know, run and work their congregation the best way they possibly could so that's yeah. you know, a quick summary of where it's at and where it's been for me A quick summary of four decades, which is amazing. And you do have such a rich history in being a true shepherd within the Salvation Army and now within our church as well, because it's such a privilege. I was actually talking to Pastor Corey yesterday about what a joy it is for him to have you, his father, on staff now. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It's a real privilege. I am just so touched and uh, I'm so enjoying the opportunity of ministry here at Numa, it's just exciting, and there's there's some wonderful things happening. Things that I've prayed for for years and years mm. and years, mm. I'm seeing come to life and actually come to pass. And wow. it's a very exciting, very positive framework to be working in. And just the power of God is so evident. The anointing mm. of God is so mm. evident in the house. So my mm. heart is being continually enriched by being uh, in, in this place and on the staff of this place and, and having the opportunity to actually minister into the house, which yeah. has been a real joy and a thrill. 
I love that. Actually, let's press into that for a moment. You mentioned that you're seeing some things you've prayed for for years. Why don't you tell us about one or two of those? I'll just adjust my chair so I can see it's sunk on me. Yeah, look, um, it's the whole revival experience, the whole wonder yeah. of revival and, and actually mm-hmm. seeing the Holy Spirit touch lives in uh, very distinct and profound ways mm-hmm. and in such a multiplied way. Like, you know, I've seen God move and touch lives in healing. He's touched my life in healing. Mm. I've seen the restoration of people's lives and salvation of people's lives. But in this day, it's been such uh, an explosion of all of that. And, you know, kind of wonderful, miraculous outpourings of Mm. deliverance and people being set free from bondages, from years of bondages, people being healed from chronic illnesses and just seeing it you know kind of week after week you have to stand back and take a breath and think thank you lord this is just wonderful and to have seen it from you know things like um uh, my wife many years ago went to uh, yongi cho's church Mm -hmm. and came away from came home absolutely you know elated and excited yeah. at what she saw. She said it was like a Myers sale, you know, as, as people <laughs> ran out of one door from one service and, and then the crowd ran in from wow. the other side of the building for, uh, for the next service. And wow. it was just this wonderful move of God happening there. And when she brought that home, it was this sense of it can happen. It can yes. happen. You know, it's, it's God is still in the, in the business of saving yes. and exciting, pouring out his spirit and seeing wonderful things take place. And so we prayed for that and prayed for that and prayed for that um, and saw it in part, mm-hmm. you know, in, in minor part compared to what we're seeing today. So I'm really wow. thrilled about what I'm seeing here. I love hearing that because I'm so aware that we're actually standing and experiencing now the answered prayers of generations. Yeah. And decades and decades of prayers and there are times I stand in our auditorium and I can visualise the tears of the saints who've travailed and interceded in that room. Very real. And that's that's probably, for me, the exciting part of the values of this house. Yes. We have prayer fuels power. It's it's kind of nailed to the wall. That's what yeah. we're about. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're praying. We're resting in the word. We're digging yeah. into the word. We're actually, it, it just is so exciting because the, this is a result of people hungry for God, yes. you know, just wanting the presence of God. Yes. And the, the amount of prayer that goes on here yes. is just incredible. Yeah, it's wonderful. Isn't it? It's beautiful. So we are talking today off the back of talking about what God's doing in our house, which is magnificent, about the shepherd. And the shepherd is a biblical concept that we see actually right throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. So, Len, I'd love it if you could actually unpack before we get into this segment of the prophetic word, what does a biblical shepherd look like? Yeah, yeah, this is, as you said, it's there's you know, references right throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament to the shepherd, and, and mm-hmm. it's applied slightly differently from Old Testament to New Testament. Within the Old Testament, I mean, God's the constant shepherd. We see that from Psalm 80 and Psalm mm-hmm. 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes up in Isaiah 40, Isaiah 44. You know, yes. It speaks about the Lord being our shepherd, that he's the shepherd yeah. of Israel. But the biblical picture of the shepherd in the Old Testament was applied to the leaders. Jeremiah 25, 36 mm-hmm. speaks about the leaders being the shepherds of Israel. And when you think about leaders, it was mm-hmm. it was not just the the kings, the prophets, the priests who were mm-hmm. leaders of the people 
know, the, the prophets directing the people back to God continually and, and the mm-hmm. priests uh, teaching and ministering the sacrifices of God and, and giving example of what God desired and wanted and the king overall protecting the people. But it also came down to the uh, the, the leaders of the, the local leaders of the people, even the, the fathers of the house being shepherds of their house and caring for their house. And mm-hmm. so there was this real sense of the need for care for the people, for uh, looking over them, for watching over them, for training and teaching them of what the Lord required and, the, and was instructed in the scriptures that the fathers should instruct their children what the Lord yes. requires. So this, mm-hmm. this picture of the shepherd goes right across uh, mm-hmm. all leadership responsibilities in the Old Testament. And interestingly enough, we, we don't get a direct list of things that the shepherd should be doing in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. We get it more from what they weren't doing. You know, right. uh, in Ezekiel 34, yes. it speaks profoundly about the, mm-hmm. the failures of the mm-hmm. shepherds and from that we pick up the things like you know, they were to care for Israel, they were to look after the people, they were to uh, give without concern and, and, and love on them but they were mm-hmm. taking from the people they were taking that which was not theirs from yeah. the people and yes. so there was this you get this picture of what they should have been by what mm-hmm. they weren't and, right. uh, and so that's made clear. Now when you move to the New Testament, um, overseers and deacons are called to be shepherds of the flock. The, mm-hmm. the um, episcopi- episcopus uh, mm-hmm. are called to be the shepherds of the flock. And, and the idea of shepherding the flock is spread right across um, the overseers, the deacons, the elders. Mm-hmm. It's poured right across that whole group. And so you come down to the person that is actually the you know a pastor, someone who's caring for the flock. Mm-hmm. And Timothy's instructed about preaching the word in season and out of season to rebuke, mm-hmm. exhort, encourage. You know, he, he's given these instructions. And while there's no specifics, it picks up on these are the things that a shepherd should be doing, caring for the flock. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, in Acts 20, 27, the shepherds are called, it's speaking to the overseers to care for the flock, look after the flock. You know, they were to serve with a willing heart. There's a mm-hmm. list of things I've got down here. They're not greedy for money. They were eager to serve. They weren't lording it over the flock. These mm-hmm. are the kind of things that were being called for from a biblical yeah. shepherd. And yeah, as we come down the years to today and we see uh, the local pastor it's almost been taken on the local pastor is like a GP. You know, they, they're doing mm-hmm. everything. They're, they're yeah. oversighting all kinds of things. And there's these expectations put upon the the local pastor that are really mm-hmm. you know, enormously beyond what the biblical expectations are, are of them of right. caring, where they are to train, to disciple, to you know, look after the people in a way that is actually leading them on, leading them on the path of yes. the Lord and not simply satisfying every woman fancy and not yes. being the person that's doing the gardening or doing the you know <laughs> the dishes or whatever it is yep. but they're actually responsible to care for the training discipline yeah. direction discipling of the people and mm-hmm. then you know quite tragically people have become 
expectant of the pastor to be, you know, the visitor in the hospital, the prayer at the, at the bedside, the prayer of, of over-concerns, the, 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 the prophet. And even though they may carry a, a prophetic gift, you know, they oftentimes struggling to fulfil all these roles that are there because it's just, it's just impossible to fill all those roles. Yeah. They can't be all things to all people, which is the beauty of the fivefold structure that we have at NUMA. You know, I find it so interesting, Len, that one of the things you mentioned there was the prophets coming and bringing a message from God about we need to return to a true shepherd's heart. And this is actually exactly what is happening in this prophetic word that we're discussing in this collection, is that we have a prophet calling the pastors, the shepherds, back yeah. to the true heart, the true intention of God, of how he wants his people shepherded. And we're actually going to take a listen now to an excerpt from Jeremiah Johnson's prophetic word, which is titled The Clash at the Gates. And we do want to state that this prophecy is being used with the express written permission of Alter Global. And I want to thank them for that. What you are about to hear are the words of this prophecy, but not the voice of Jeremiah himself. So let's take a listen to that and then we'll be back to have more of a chat. True Shepherds, I saw a tremendous grace coming upon pastors in 2023 to supernaturally love the people of God through brokenness and heartache. The Holy Spirit spoke to me in Psalm 23 for 2023 regarding the shepherds of the flock. There are going to be unique alignments between pastors with the grace to shepherd local churches and apostles and prophets who build apostolic centres. I saw severe trauma that was inflicted upon pastors during the global pandemic be healed and a tremendous breath of fresh air and restoration come upon them. So, Len, here we can hear that the Lord is really highlighting his desire to give grace to pastors in 2023 to supernaturally love the people of God through their brokenness and their heartache. Now, given the context of the last few years, There is a whole lot of heartache in God's people right now and his sons and daughters. And if we just talk about our hometown, Melbourne, we endured a huge season of lockdown. We are known as the most locked down city in the world. We're also known as a lot of other really amazing things as a place known for its spiritual beauty. And so I don't want to focus too much on that, but that has been a thing for us. So as a shepherd, as a true shepherd yourself, What are some of the recurring or the main issues you are seeing pastorally as you care for people? Interesting question because I I retired from ministry at the commencement of COVID. And this was quite interesting. When COVID started, we moved to our homes to work from home. And that was in the February of 2020. Mm -hmm. And so I worked from home from February to June of 2020. Mm -hmm. And it was on constantly on the phone to people, mm-hmm. talking to people. And I found that they so appreciated the contact and so appreciated that sense of concern that was coming across. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you couldn't sit with them and share with them and talk face-to-face, and, and so it was a fairly isolated experience from a pastoral mm-hmm. point of view. Mm-hmm. And then in um, uh, July I, was, I went on what was called yeah, annual leave, but we were in kind of lockdown, so I went on annual leave at home and uh, retired on the on the 31st of July 
and five days later we're back in lockdown again. Oh, so, so in one sense I viewed a lot of what was happening from a distance. I wasn't yeah. in that front line experience of hearing mm-hmm. from directly from others. Mm-hmm. So in the height of the pandemic when you know, we were you know, from the late 2020 through 2021, mm-hmm. I was out of the scene. But I saw it from a distance from contact with people like Pastor Corey, you know, of course, yeah. and that family we were able to share and yeah. and heard from, you know, occasionally would hear from others around of the emotional turmoil that people were going through, of the, of the challenges, of the sense of identification, you know, people losing their position, losing their job and, and how they had identified themselves uh, with their job and therefore without the job, who were they? How were they going to, you know, who, how are they going to function as a person without an identity? Yes. And so there were th- these this sense of loss, this sense of loss of purpose, loss of place for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. now in recovery, now I'm you know, back in, engaged, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm seeing the recovery phase and people coming back. Mm-hmm and the important role of the church in caring for people as they come back, offering them the the space and the place to be able to talk through some of the pain they've gone through, some of the issues they've faced. And those issues, again, come back to identification, come back to um, depression. And Mm -hmm. we saw a rise in addictions uh, yes. during the pandemic and, and mm-hmm. people facing the reality of what that means for them now and how they can yes. cope with that now. Yes. So there's there's so much still to be done for people uh, to help release them from some of the burdens they carried through that period. Absolutely. It's massive and never has it been more important for us to have pure and true-hearted shepherds no for the flock because people are really hurting and probably now really just experiencing the true trauma of what we've been through in the last few years. Of course, there's no better model for us to look at than Jesus or the Father Heart of God when it comes to a shepherd. And everybody knows this psalm. And sometimes when we know a scripture well, the scripture we're about to read together, we can, um, it can lose its impact. It's called the lullaby effect. But what I'd love for people to do is as you read Psalm 23, Len, I'd love for people to actually close their eyes, lift their hands, just open their hearts to the Lord and to perhaps even trust their redeemed imagination to begin to let this psalm come to life and have new life in their spirit today. Would you read Psalm 23 to us? Love to, love to. I'm reading too from the New International Version, just a, mm-hmm. a maybe for some people a different version they've they've been to and so uh, Mm -hmm. it may just come with a little bit of freshness there yes and it says in psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd i shall not be in want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters he restores my soul He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness 
and love, some may know the translation of surely goodness and mercy, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a beautiful psalm, isn't it? Oh, it's so beautiful. And even in the message paraphrase, not a literal translation, but the heart that comes out in Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, I encourage people to go there. Also, Dr. Brian Simmons, the Passion Translation paraphrase, a beautiful, fresh way to encounter Psalm 23. But I'd love it because Prophet Jeremiah Johnson mentioned Psalm 23 as being very important. Len, could you pull out some of the words within this psalm to paint a picture of what does a true shepherd really look like? Yeah, yeah. This this is such a powerful picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, I was in Israel in 1997, we had the pleasure of a, a lecturer on that, that study tour that mm-hmm. spoke into this psalm and uh, I have a strong memory of some of the things that he said and it impacted my life then mm-hmm. and still impacts my life today. But yeah. you know, this picture of the Lord is my shepherd, it's not almost mm-hmm. every phrase within this psalm is, is packed with depth and wonder. Yeah. You know, I shall not be in want. Yeah. It's this wonderful sense of God the provider, Jehovah Jireh cares for me. It's it's a, a sense of there's a constant sense of safety in the Lord mm-hmm. and it's a wonderful feeling. Mm-hmm. And he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside quiet waters. You know, sheep are pretty skittish. They, they, they mm-hmm. don't lie down mm-hmm. unless they feel safe. Mm-hmm. And he leads me. Wow. In safe places. He takes mm-hmm. me into safe places. Now, that doesn't mean I don't face challenge. It doesn't mean the challenges won't come. But right. it means I'm safe with him as I enter those challenges. Wow. When the storms come, I know that the one who takes me beside quiet waters and enables me to, to lie down is with me in that wow. process and comforts me. That's and beautiful. that's the kind of wonderful protection we have in the Lord. Mm. He restores my soul. You know, he speaks into my soul. He, he as, as I take time in him, mm. he pours into me something that mm-hmm. lifts me up and strengthens me and makes mm-hmm. me whole. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's all from him. He cares for us. He mm-hmm. loves us. And he wants to enable me to walk in a way that honours him. Yes. So he pours into me his righteousness. He pours into me his care and his protection to help me to go on. And this is all coming back to the fact that I'm actually called to take time in him. Yes. I'm called to be in him. Good. And as I am, he pours into me. Yes. And this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, mm. I will fear no evil. And the reason for that is because for you are with me. Yes. There's this constant affirmation The psalmist has caught, you know, David's caught this wonderful sense that uh, God is just constantly there for us and with us and loving us. And he who was a shepherd, now David who writes this, who was a shepherd in that caring sense, understood what it was to Mm -hmm. have a father that looked after you because he would do that for his own sheep, you know. He speaks about taking the sheep out of the mouth of the lion and the bear and, yeah, yes. it's it's this wonderful sense of care that he had as a shepherd and he sees that in the Father caring for us. 
Also, you know, Len, when we talk about David being a man after God's own heart, a shepherd who understood the shepherd's heart, and Father God, Jesus, shepherds, shepherds of our souls, restorers of our souls, our mind, will, and our emotions. Mm. And in this season, we need restoration and healing of our mind, will, and our emotions, and he is here for it. Yeah, he's constantly there for it. I love particularly this, this next part. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Mm-hmm. Now, I pick up on this because the shepherd is called not just to put a lollipop in the mouth of the sheep, you know, to, to you know, give them all sweet stuff. He's called to protect, to train, to discipline, to disciple. And so this is what you know, the psalmist is, is pointing at the rod and the staff were used both in defence and discipline and in direction, yes. guiding the sheep. Mm-hmm. So there's this this wonderful picture that, you know, David has of, of the caring of the Father heart of God is not just a matter of stroking us on the head, but actually challenging mm-hmm. us about where we're at, what we're doing, how we're doing it. There's this training aspect and discipline aspect. When, yes. uh, when I was in Israel and, and this... Lecher was talking, he spoke about the fact that he'd actually been, he shepherded, even though he'd, he'd come from America and he was you know, living in Israel, he'd actually mm-hmm. worked with the Bedouin shepherds. And he said there was mm-hmm. a time he came across one of the shepherds and the shepherd was nursing one of the sheep. I just had mm-hmm. him on his lap and was you know, caring for this sheep on his lap. And Randy said to the, said to the shepherd, you know, what are you doing? What's happening? And and the shepherd explained that he'd actually broken the leg of the of the sheep because it kept on running away. And he had to wow. discipline it to stop running off. But he was so tenderly caring for it to restore it, to bring it back to a wow. fullness of health. And it might seem terrible in our thinking, in our you know, kind of mm-hmm. Western uh, sense of yes, sanitised environments, to think mm-hmm. of that. But in that environment, the shepherd was doing what he had to do to keep that sheep from uh, destroying itself and getting into trouble. You know, incredibly challenging thought, but God does discipline us. And that, as a shepherd, comes back to us that we need to be uh, constantly aware that there needs to be discipline. Now, we don't break legs (laughs) or anything like that, but there has to be discipline um, yes. brought forth uh, so that people might be discipled in their journey yes. with God. Yes, and in this restoration of true shepherds, it's actually really important that as the sheep we are open to correction yeah. and discipline. Yeah. And when we have spiritual fathers and mothers who are applying this discipline or this correction in a loving yeah. way, it actually feels comforting and safe yeah. to be corrected. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because there has been, and what Jeremiah is alluding to in his prophetic word here, or that God's heart is that there's been a CEO mindset in leadership of churches for the last few decades where correction has been control, whereas true shepherds and spiritual mothers and fathers who are part of families, this heart that's being restored, is we correct to empower, not to punish. And we correct to bring to a true sense of freedom in Christ, not restriction. There's this move happening in the body of Christ now from a punishment paradigm to a freedom mindset built in family. 
And so I love that this is what's being spoken about yeah. here. What have you got for us in this last couple of verses about you prepare a table? Yeah, again, this, this is you know, profound. I think that you prepare a table before me in the presence mm-hmm. of my enemies. It's kind of like even when my enemies surround me and press in upon mm. me, God mm. is not only for me, but he is the provider of what I need. He comes yes. to give me a place at his table. He comes mm-hmm. to provide what I need, even when I'm mm-hmm. hard-pressed by all that goes on, even those that are coming through COVID, even those that are coming mm-hmm. through the difficult times. They can never forget that God is providing for them, that he is with them. Don't lose a sight of the reality that he is there for them and cares for them and wants them to thrive, wants them to get up and get going and, and to thrive in their journey. And surely goodness and mercy, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. This constant promise that uh, not only am I blessed in this day, you know, by having a table set before me, even in the presence of those that might be pressing in upon me. But I have an eternal safety. I have an eternal well-being with the Lord. And so I can look forward not only to this day that I'm in, but I can look forward to eternity, all the days and all the future because of the Lord's work and his care for me as a shepherd. Oh, it's such a rich scripture, isn't it? And so full of revelation and truth in the layers of the context and the meaning of the words of what a true shepherd looks like. I want to move to the next section of the word. It was really interesting because the prophet said there are going to be unique alignments between pastors or shepherds with grace to shepherd local churches and apostles and prophets who build apostolic centres. Now, we are part of a five-fold church at Numa with a full-time apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. So we do have a reference point, not perfect, but in terms of we do have apostles and prophets working with shepherds. Can you talk to us for a moment about what do you think healthy connection between pastors and apostles and prophets actually looks like? Yeah, this is yeah, it's a wonderful model. It's a wonderful picture. I mean, it's been there all the time. It's it's a you know it's yeah. an age old model, but yeah. it's it's a yeah. model that works because mm-hmm. it brings about strengths into mm-hmm. you know, every every part of the aspect of caring for the body mm-hmm. of Christ and the connection between apostle, prophet, shepherd is pretty critical because mm-hmm. um, you can see. Uh, congregations that are just under the hand of a shepherd, albeit you know, gifted and you know, a, a, an actual shepherd gift upon a person, a mm. shepherd, you know, a gift to the body, they will oftentimes end up so concerned about caring for the body that they miss out the point of directing them in, in the direction of what God might want them to go, but more concerned yeah. to comfort and keep them happy and all, yeah. all that kind of thing. And which is so needed. But the fact is we also mm-hmm. need the prodding of the prophet. We also need the you know, challenge of the apostle to go out and to be a people bringing restoration into the community, bringing about a development in the community, uh, in, in the body of Christ. So it's a sense in which there must be a communion between uh, prophet, apostle and, and, and shepherd so that there is connection and sharing between each vein. So the apostle and prophet might 
come forward with an idea of direction or a word from God of direction that might must be taken. But the shepherd can speak into that of how to apply that word mm-hmm. into a given mm-hmm. congregation in a given situation. Yeah. So the, the need to hear each other. So it's, it's not mm-hmm. I have all the answers, but I'm going to hear yes. what God is saying through you to help me bring about the best result for the people of God and the sheep that I am shepherding as an apostle, as a prophet as a pastor, as a shepherd of the people. Yes, and as we move out of this model of one leader of the church being all things to all people, we do need one another because as a prophet and with the apostle, we've got our eyes and our ears in heaven to what the Lord is saying. But the shepherd is with the people, is with the sheep. And so we rely on one another heavily because the apostle and prophet might be bringing, here's what the Lord is saying, here's where we're going and we're going to activate this. But we actually defer to the grace and honour the grace of the shepherd and say, where are the people at? How would they feel if we made this change now? What would we need to do to help people adapt? How do we need to love and care for people so we take as many people with us as possible? That's so critical. That's important. And I think that as we move out of that kind of, you know, the, the, the shepherd is all things to all people. Uh, even though you know, Paul said, I become all things to all people. And yeah. so that, that is a great sense in which that is the, the general practitioner of, of the shepherd mm-hmm. in these days. But how much more we are helped by having, mm-hmm. you know, the, the input of the apostle, input of the prophet, input of the evangelist, mm-hmm. input of the teacher, how much healthier the body is. And one of the things that, that the shepherds need to be careful of in these days, that mm-hmm. as they're looking to move from that, they're, just, they're not just assigning jobs to mm-hmm. other people, but they are actually... Mm-hmm looking to identify who is the person, who are the people with the with the uh, apostle gift on their life, yes. who is the prophet in, in this house or who are the prophets in this house yes. and how can we call them together and how, we can get, how can we get them working together, who are the evangelists in the house, um, yes. even though everyone is called to be an evangelist and or called, yeah. called to evangelize, yeah. who are those mm-hmm. that can actually um, stir up the whole congregation in the, their understanding of what it is, who can train them to be evangelists. Yeah. And so they're not yeah. just handing out jobs to people because that can be a danger of just seeking someone to do a job and give mm-hmm. them a title and say, well, you go do that and you'd be this person. Yes. But actually putting their ear to the Bible, listening to mm-hmm. what God has to say, mm-hmm. you know, seeking out his rainbow words, seeking out what he's speaking to the people right now and observing, watching what is going on in the house and looking for who are the people that God has actually assigned as, as apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers and pastors that they might be brought yeah, into a coalition, a, a caring together, a sharing together, a communion that they might uh help each other in directing and leading and instructing the people of God. It's really good because none of this can be done without relationship. And the Lord is all about relationship. He's not about lone rangers. He's about Marvel Avengers. So this is what this looks like. It can't be done in isolation. And the prophetic word we're studying now is saying that this is about a coming together, the day of Christian celebrities and a celebrity leader, it's done. It's done. We've seen history has taught us again and again and again 
that the the celebrity leaders you know come crashing down and mm-hmm. um, because yeah. they've been trying to do everything themselves rather than having a coalition of support around them and uh, that are that are helping each other in correction it takes a, a, an incredible amount of humility on behalf mm-hmm. of each of those yes. grace giftings to yes accept and hear what each other is saying and to work together because Mm -hmm. it's not I have all the answers but God has the answers given through the body you know the body that's been gifted and equipped you know to help lead the people so it's it's um so important for each of us to hear each other and recognize that we can't do this on our own yeah brilliant you know, for us here at Numa, I'm just going to list a couple of ways that this partnership works between Apostle, Prophet and Shepherd. And of course, the evangelist and the teacher are involved with this, but I'm honing in on this because the prophetic word does in this section. So some practical things. We are very aware that people can receive breakthrough in their spirit in a moment of prayer, but can actually require longer term partnership in the soul realm for our mind, our will and our emotions to catch up with what the Lord has done in just a moment. And so whilst the prophet and the apostle might prophesy over people, pray for people, have power moments, we work very closely with partners pastoral on doing a journey of rewiring neural pathways, putting patterns in place of safety, having accountability. And so we need one another with that. Yeah. We also have things like healing rooms and Sozo where we're all, all working together, our weekend prayer ministry in our services. We've got these pillars working together. Yeah. I think of an example, last year I visited our Bangkok location. I discerned some things on a couple of people within the life of that church as the prophet sat with the apostle, spoke with him, and he said, actually, there has been this, this, and this with that person. And I'm saying, okay, we're putting together a more complete picture. And so then we actually met with some of our pastoral team back in Melbourne, and together the apostle, the prophet, the shepherds, we put together a plan yeah. to see this person come into wholeness and health. And that's just a couple of the practical ways that that works. But we do need to wrap up. So I would love to finish with this, Len, because the prophetic word goes on to outline um, a breath of fresh air for shepherds and for pastors. And I'm so aware that whilst the last few years has been a lot for the flock, it's actually also been a lot for the shepherds. Yeah, and so yeah. I wonder if we could wrap up today by you praying for shepherds. Yeah, yeah, love to. Mm -hmm. Father, we thank you for the great joy of shepherding Mm -hmm. the flock. And Lord, we have the example of yourself. We look in the scriptures and see your passion for the people and your Mm -hmm. concern for the people. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come afresh to each and every shepherd. You would come, Lord, and touch lives. Your Holy Spirit would bring about a sense of your presence upon Mm. them, Lord. You would manifest yourself to them, Lord, that they would know that they don't achieve this on their own, that they're not doing this on their own. But, Lord, you would call them back into your presence. There would be this fresh wave of the Spirit upon their life Mm -hmm. that would call them back into your presence, Lord, and they would feast in your presence. They would come to that table, Lord, and just feast on you. Mm -hmm. They would take you into their life afresh. They'd be overwhelmed again by the presence and power of your Mm -hmm. Spirit, and they would find their energy restored, Lord, both spiritual and physical, Lord, because 
they've been with you. And from mm-hmm. that, they would begin to move out into the, the world of the demands that are upon their life. I pray, Lord, for wisdom to come upon yes. shepherds, to take to their heart, Lord, that they don't have to do this on their own, that they can do it mm-hmm. with you and draw in those that you have gifted, mm-hmm. those that you've given to the body, that they might work together to build your body, Lord, and you would give them insight as to who you have equipped, who you have blessed with your your ministry gifts, Lord, who who have you touched. You might bless them with insight, Father, as to who these people are and they would be identified and brought forth, Lord, and be, be strengthened in their gifting, Lord, that they might share together in the burden of carrying the weight of, of the flock, Father. Yes. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we just give you praise and thank yes. you, Lord, that yes. there we have the example, and we see it in John 10, Father, of the Good Shepherd, Lord. Yes. We praise you for these examples of the love and the care that we find in Jesus. Now, Lord, come to our hearts with refreshment, Well across our lives with that fresh Mm. breath, that fresh wind Mm. of the Spirit. And, Mm. Lord, strengthen the shepherds as they would go about to do your work and do it not on their own, Lord, but with those that you have called to serve with them. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father. Amen. Amen. And God, we just thank you for every prophet and prophetic person yes, who is listening to this podcast right now. I thank you, God, that you're giving them fresh vision for how to work with the shepherds, mm-hmm. how to lean and honour their grace, Lord, and how to uh, put themselves underneath the oil of caring for the people, Lord. We want to represent Jesus well. We understand that Jesus is the fullness of all fivefold. Yes. We need one another. Yes. God, we thank you for this thank prophetic you. word. And we won Timothy 1.18 with it. We war with this declaration that's been spoken, that there is tremendous grace coming upon every shepherd in 2023 to supernaturally love the people mm. of God through Praise their brokenness you, and mm. heartache. Father, we thank you that there are unique alignments between pastors to shepherd local churches and apostles and prophets that we see in our spirits, the building of apostolic centers popping up all across the globe for your glory, Lord. And we see trauma on pastors being healed and a breath of fresh air. We breathe life onto every shepherd now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that you are a restorer, that restoration is coming. So we believe and we agree with the prophetic declaration that has been spoken for true shepherds to arise across your church, God. And so I thank you that true shepherds with pure hearts and clean hands are being raised up and impure shepherds. You are gracious to them, Lord, but now is a time where you are removing and where you are raising. Mm. And we trust you with that to be kind and to be gracious for you always are. So build your church, Jesus, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Len, we're so honored to have you. Thank you so much for your wisdom, who you are. I honor you as a true shepherd that people can look at and model their life after. Thank you. Bless you, Stacey. It's been a joy to be with you. Just loved it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you, listeners, for listening today. And we're going to continue next week dissecting and discussing this very important word from Prophet Jeremiah Johnson over 2023. Can't wait to talk to you then. See ya. 